If you enjoy the show, please consider giving us a five-star rating. And if you teach me something in the comments, I will read it on the show. Also, if you'd like to help us pay our guests and produce the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash what's my thesis. Here's the rest of my conversation with Lorenzo Baker about race and other things that if you're a white person, you should probably listen to. If you're not, you'll probably relate. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. yeah. interesting because without actually like when I wasn't having these conversations when I wasn't doing this like a uh, two-hour session with other artists and it, it, it like it goes to that thing that you were saying that we have a specific way of conceiving the world and and abstracting it in a way that makes it like we think in metaphors right mm-hmm. um, and which so it it's interesting that when you rely on a monoculture like we grew up in, right, where where like legacy media pretty much dictates everything, and when the New York Times tells you that there are weapons of mass destruction, nobody really argues with that. Now we're in a except for NPR used to, but now we're in a world where oh, I saw you smile. Yeah, because NPR is like no, Donald no. Trump isn't racist. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> we'll get into that. I, I'm so excited that you smiled when I said that because NPR right now, I agree, is super problematic, um, and and. I want to hear your thoughts on that because I am sort of trying to lead a crusade against them. <laughs> but that goes, but that's, but that's the leftist monoculture now, right? Like yeah. most people and most artists that I have on the show, on some level, listen to it. Uh, I'm sure they have some level of skepticism, but I think that the production value there is such that you don't really. Um, there's no diversity. Right now, I'm having an experience where I agree with a lot of the things you're saying, but I'm seeing things that I'm seeing the world the way I see it, but like from a slightly different angle, which is really fascinating. But I don't think that happens in the way that uh, information is uh, dispensed, like through legacy media and things like that. I even think that YouTube is a little bit uh, problematic as well, but because like no, I I think everything is problematic. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's not a single like news agency that that doesn't have issues. Uh, but I think that the blind loyalty. So anyway, tell me what you think about NPR because this is fucking uh, like I'm so happy. To, I mean, to, to, so that you don't like it either. If you're talking, <laughs> I guess if we're talking about like media and the news and you know how people are getting information and how it's disseminated now. You have to consider something, and this is something that my sister said to me, is that I don't, she said, I don't know how anyone expects things to change if you use the same ingredients in the same recipe and you will always get the same thing. Like, how do you yeah. expect that meal to change, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she said, like, vanilla ice cream. So how do you expect vanilla ice cream to have any more personality or, you know, flavor if you only use the basic same ingredients? 
And I think that's what happens a lot with these, you know, corporations and institutions that are, you know, kind of fixtures in our society. So NPR, you know, maybe it used to be way more radical. Uh, maybe it used to be all this other stuff. But, you know, they also get donations from Walmart. Yeah. Now, no, you know now they I mean? do. Well, that is so, during the Bush years, that's that, that their funding structure changed during the Bush years because they were speaking out against the war in Iraq. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the, the I ha, I'm not going to go back and look at the documents, but I remember hearing the stories as it was happening. Yeah. You know, and so, but yeah, I totally agree. They do take money from Walmart. They take money from BP. They take money from some fucked up sources. Yeah. But in general, NPR is probably like, I don't know who the founders of NPR, but I'm sure there was like a white guy there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not to say that all white people are bad, but again, you have to like step back and refocus. And well, uh, the worldview is going to be coming from, a, from that spot. And, and right now, is there a, that BET is like maybe the closest thing to a, a source of news that, uh, that, that you know, they, I, I saw, saw the interview they did with Bernie Sanders, which was pretty good on, mm-hmm. uh, on, I think it's called black coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like a, a corporate legacy. Yeah. Media. It's owned by Viacom. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Like, yeah. And, and I guess what I'm saying or what I'm trying to get at is that I can't really expect NPR to be like, you know, fuck the White House, like, or whatever, right? Yeah. Some sort of radical idea because it's part of the same system yeah. that perpetuates all this violence towards all Americans, not just, uh, you know, black and brown or whatever. So... Well, I recently saw an article that they posted. And Even it, Democracy Now! Is, yeah, has, Democ- its, yeah. has its own, oh, like... Fucking problems, yeah. Like, misgivings or whatever, but, you know, they also report on all of the other stuff that no one will take yeah. up. And, again, I think it's more so... That's, like, everything. Like, yeah. social media is the same way. Uh, you can't really go on Facebook and expect anything to, you know matriculate from it because it's controlled by an algorithm that was created yeah. within the concept and within the frameworks of white supremacy, period. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't remove even if, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is like some neutral person. Like he's he's he married an Asian person. Of course he's <laughs> but he's yeah. one of us. But like <laughs> he's a Jew married to an Asian person. But it's but it's yeah, but it's like um, you know, he can't he cannot and probably has yet to remove the white supremacist ideals that are a part of his life. Yeah. And I think everyone should ask themselves well, and that. And if you succeed in a capitalist system, how are you going to ever confront those things, right? Like if you Why are, would you want yeah, to? You're yeah. making too much money. And you, you know? would have to confront like some realities about your wealth. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's something, again, that people should... Everybody should ask themselves that, regardless yeah. of if you're white or anything. You should ask yourself, what aspects of my life professional personal or in between am i upholding some sort of white supremacist ideal and i'm pretty sure everyone will be caught in that net you know because we all kind of do it and we all have to kind of work to counteract those things even the most radical people you know are whatever like faltered and it's not to again say that all white culture is bad that's not what i'm saying uh, it's. I'm more so saying that the tactics, tendencies, and practices that we've historically seen and currently have seen are not like peace-loving, happy, you know, yeah. everybody's free and we all, you know, get along and work together. It's not like that. 
Well, yeah, no, absolutely. And the it's other like thing, I'm punching you in the face. Deal and, with it. And the other thing, <laughs> like you know, just I, I, that I want to uh, add to what you're saying is that, especially about legacy media, is that um, there's a class element that's inescapable. Like the people on NPR mm-hmm. are not making zero money, right? <laughs> no, you're getting a check, and that and that's totally going to construct like some stuff that you do, yeah. like you know. I'm sure I, I have and probably still do work for somebody or something that's has ties to something unethical. Yeah. Uh, totally. Um, and, you know, being a good employee, I guess you could say I'm also in line with that stuff. Like, but because I haven't been fired, you know, I haven't been like, this is wrong. And yeah. then like, I'm causing shit. Every and that's day. a good point because it, it, it goes back to that thing that um, um, Chomsky says where it's like, uh, it's not that you're censoring yourself, it's that you wouldn't be there if you believed things that were in conflict with your employer. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, and it's funny because at the moment I am like, I should not be here. I should not yeah. be working here. I want to get out. I want to leave this place because regardless of all of the benefits that it brings me, which probably the first one is that it gives me money to live, right? Yeah, yeah. So I can be a person. Uh, which is even sad to say, but yeah, it gives me money to live. Um, all these other things that it does are like wrong, mm-hmm. just wrong. Um, and it like eats at me as a person, yeah. but I don't know if other people enter into those spaces and consider that, Yeah, you know? And I think that's something, again, if we're going to keep talking about the police or whatever, like, yeah, I'm sure there is this idea that like, yeah, you're stopping people who are like rapists or murderers and, you know, people who do commit heinous crimes or whatever, but at the same time, I don't know if they also stop and consider, okay, one, are all of these people black and brown? <laughs> like, are all of the people who do this black and brown? And then also, um, are all of the people that we're arresting truly criminals? And are we putting them in a system that's actually going to make them not criminals anymore? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's all contradictory because... My mom says this all the time, like, I thought the police were peace officers. And that's a really radical statement to say when you, like, step back and listen to it. So if you're a peace officer, you're supposed to maintain peace. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what peace is supposed to be universally, right, it's supposed to be everyone gets along, there's harmony, you know, people are joyous and gracious and kind to each other. So, like, really, in actuality, the police should be, you know, rolling around and, like, uh, I don't know, like giving out balloons and like, you know, changing flat tires, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But instead, they're like this other thing where they just come and like beat you up and then take you away. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't know how you can um, reconcile those two things as as the person who puts the uniform on. You have to be lying to yourself. Yeah. You know? Well, even as a fucking concept, like... It's terrifying. There are people out there that can just come and take you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, you know, I, and I bless, bless their hearts. I'm doing that passive aggressive Southern thing. Mm. Uh, uh, white people that share like the ice, uh, you know, updates that tell you like what your rights are and all of that. Like, I mean, I appreciate that at least they're doing something. But at the same time, I think the reason they're doing something is because they are r- it, it, there's a visceral response to the notion that you could just someone like the, when people can come into your house yeah. and take you that's scarier violating than, yeah. your 4th amendment rights by law yeah that and that is what's terrifying people a lot uh as opposed to like 
I don't think people see black people getting shot and go, oh, that's a problem I have to worry about. You know, like... Yeah, because it's two things. Because it's anti-blackness that's inherent in whiteness and in American culture. It's anti-black. So why would you care, you know? Um, Which is sad to say. And then also, I think it's... Because, you know, I've, I've shared those things about what you should do if an ice agent comes to your door. No, I've seen, I, I actually you know, have, I've seen you do it too. Because yeah. for me, I, I, I consider ICE the secret police yeah, of America. It's the, definitely what it is. And, but it's also kind of funny because if you break down the word police, ICE is in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's, they're just not the public ICE. Yeah. They're just the, reg- the regular ICE. Um, and then it's just... It's fucked up because, yeah, no one should ever have to feel like that's going to happen to them. And it could. And that's the thing about ICE and in general, the police is that, okay, yeah, there's probably more than enough black and brown people for them to arrest and capture and put in concentration camps for a while. But then eventually, yeah, they're going to come after other people because it's less it is totally tied to race. It's totally tied to class. But then it's also just tied to proximity of, like, again, oil for this machine. Because yeah. it's really just human bodies. Like, we need bodies. Like, they're privatized because you can make money off of bodies being inside of yeah, them. Yeah. And, yeah, I think everybody should be talking about ice and screaming at the top of their no, lungs. No, absolutely. Because it's... And again... What does an ICE agent look like? I don't know, like a cop. <laughs> no, they don't look like a cop. What do they look like? I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, and, I thought and, you knew. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's, and that's what I'm saying is that... It's terrifying. Yeah. You can at least, sadly, whatever, whatever, but you can at least identify a police officer. They've got on a blue uniform. They've got a badge. Boom, boom, boom. But can you identify what an ICE agent looks like? Yeah. That is frightening. That should scare people. You know, one time I saw this, I saw two billboards that I thought were like really uh, dystopian or just some shit. Um, One of them was that you could be a reserve LAPD police officer. Uh Same way you can be like a National Guards reserveman. So like you're part of the police, but you're not like doing it every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You know, you can think about that. And then also, uh, there was this advertising... A hobby cop. <laughs> Not even just like a hobby cop. I think it's more so if some shit goes down, they call you, and then they give you a vest, and you can go beat, beat people up. Oh, okay. Right? But you're yeah. not on, like, the register of, of yeah, cops, yeah. which is kind of fucking crazy uh, to even consider that. And then also, um, the other thing is that... If you, damn it, I just lost The billboards, two billboards you had? Oh yeah, the second billboard, thank you, is you can live stream all of the stuff happening on the southern border right now. Like you could just pull it up and you can watch it from like over 18,000 camera angles. Mm -hmm. So like if you think about that, that means that the crisis and the conflict and all that stuff and all the people seeking asylum, trying to enter into America, trying to immigrate here... Um, the human beings, they're actually being positioned as entertainment for people. Yeah. This is a form of entertainment. You can watch this from your home and be like excited, like, oh shit, this ice agent, I wonder what he's going to do to this person, yeah. you know, and you can, you can consume it. And I think that that is 
part of the reason why people don't care. Going back to what you were saying about if a police officer kills a black person, it's because it's seen as entertainment. It's That's why Cops is such a fucked up show, because it normalizes you to be like, all right, cool. I just saw that guy get beat up. It is what it is. I just saw that woman, you know, get like slammed on her face. It's cool. Like, man, they shouldn't have they shouldn't have been in that car. You know, do you see the um, the woman with the baby the, mm-hmm. and, and the in guy, Arizona and, the, and then it shows the cop like kicking his leg out from under him? Yeah, that shit was fucked up. Yeah. And I've never actually seen the full video of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's like the same the same situation. I mean, I saw I read this on social media from another artist and they were talking about the death of black trans women and they were saying i'm tired of screaming in an echo chamber about these people's lives being taken yeah and it kind of shook me because i was like man that's really how it is is that people have been constantly in history screaming and not even just screaming poetics theorizing all of it have been talking about this stuff for a long time and yet people still don't want to get it and yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Well, you I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's hard to think back on, well, fuck, I was going to say something else that, and then I got distracted by what you said. No worries. Um, what were you just talking about? I was just talking about how it's, how people are talking about, um, you know, racialized issues or social issues and they're literally yelling into an echo chamber and no one it's an echo chamber oh, okay so, no one so can i wanted to go you. back to okay what i found interesting about that specific instance and if you guys haven't seen the video it's uh, a couple it's the one or if you i think the they're da- in arizona so the, the daughter stole a uh like you know and like a but she didn't that's also yeah. the thing okay <laughs> no, no no yeah you, you're right and, yeah. I, and so i'm just trying to remember it out loud yeah, and, yeah, yeah uh, no worries but uh no but it is I, i'm glad you clarified that because that is an important distinction but because what one of the things that was interesting of what she said was that even if that had been the case like fuck like a white family i mean that she didn't say that a white family wouldn't experience that but we know it to be true the other thing that was really interesting about that particular case because white people are free to steal i just want to say that no yeah and no (laughs) absolutely white people are absolutely free to steal and they'll do it to you in from a boardroom right um but the that was so fucking fascinating about that video, and I I, I, I recommend you everybody listening goes and, and and try to find the whole thing. But it's that it's the cops are preying on these people, and the white people around them are standing up for them and saying, "Hey, right." She hands the baby to another person. I can't remember if mm-hmm. it's a white person, but the people holding cameras are like, "Hey, slow down." So like. That is fucking crazy. If you stop and think about how the citizenry in that situation is policing the police, it's like the watchman watching the watchman, but it's like how far we have gotten that, you know, like that someone needs to step in and and, and supervise because it's not going to come from within the police department. That's not supervision anymore. That's cover. So like uh, uh, when it's happening, these people have to get involved Otherwise, like if they walk away, that whole thing changes entirely and the narrative is completely different. But, it, you know, it, it's fucking crazy. And then it all, going back to, you know, since we're talking about videotaping, the Eric Gardner's murderer is, is still has a job and is free. And uh, and what's it called? Um, 
the uh, the the guy who videotaped is in jail. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's funny because you're right. It's wild how much impact people have when they're present and they're filming. And that's something that my mom used to do when I was a kid, and I didn't used to understand it. I used to get really annoyed by it, but she would see interactions with the police. Like, for instance, they pulled some, like, young black kids over, and they're, like, in a car or whatever. She would pull over and literally just wait just to see what would happen. And I remember being a kid being like, come on, let's just go home, you know? Because in your mind, you have this idea that if you're pulled over by the cops, you probably did something wrong. The cops only go after bad people. Uh, But the the idea of what's good and bad is very nuanced. Um, Yeah. And now, obviously, as I've grown and gotten older and have, you know, realized a lot of things, it's like, yeah, I get that. Because we have to... We are the only people, us regular social whatever humans, uh, people in reality, we're the only ones who can actually have some sort of preventative measures. Like yeah. we can, We're the only people that can enact them. Uh, you know, like I just took a trip to Switzerland. I was in Basel and my family had the police called on us at the airport. Shit. Yeah, we were trying to check a car out from like Enterprise and it just turned into this like weird ass situation and we ended up so all the people that are romantic about the U- european systems of government Europe fuck is you hella racist. <laughs> come on like really like nah europe's hella racist switzerland's yeah. supposed to be this neutral situation it's oh, not they're fu- no neutral is a polite way of saying uh, co-conspirator a financial co-conspirator we just want to be a white utopia um, so no, we don't want to get involved we'll just take all the the Nazi gold, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, they called the police on us, the Enterprise folks, yeah. um, and it was wild because I ended up filming the interaction because it was just like mind blowing, and yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. And you know, the police showed up, and you know, I had my like cell phone out, and they were like stunned. They were. I've never seen a police officer frightened by my presence. And, and you were there with your family. And I just have my it's cell like phone. like a dude with his mom and his dad? And they, Yeah, and it was like my two sisters and I and my mom. Okay. And, um, you know, they were just like, you don't have to film this situation. You don't have to film this situation. This isn't America. <laughs> Which is like, okay, so globally, so globally, everybody yeah, is like hip to this idea yeah. that the American justice system is wrong and corrupt and it like, you know, inherently fucks people over. But then also... There is a barrier of protection that comes from me, someone, a citizen going, I'm watching you. I'm watching you do this. And, you know, again, going back to like for, you know, the white folks who are listening, what you can do. If you see something happening, just step out and say, I think this is wrong and I'm going to stay here until it, you know, it settles itself out. Even if that person does get arrested and goes to jail, at least they're not dead or murdered you know what i mean and and again this isn't like a call to action for like white saviors because that also (laughs) that also (laughs) happened in europe uh like we were on like the tram or whatever and our tickets were like slightly off like we were we paid for one less stop like Mm -hmm. on accident and you know like the ticket people were like explaining to us they're like no you just got to get off and we're just gonna go to the machine and pay for it and we're like okay cool and out of nowhere this like white businessman is like i think i can come here and help you all and we were like we don't need your help we kind of just like but like that's just a tangent but mostly what i'm saying is that yeah all you really all all of us really have to do is just 
get up off our asses and go, this is wrong. Fuck that. Yeah. And like be persistent with saying, fuck that. This is wrong. And I'm going to do something about it. Even if you're an artist, even if you're just like a male person, like we have to stop and go, this is not happening anymore. Yeah. You know, that again was something that was radical about the civil rights movement is that people were like, you know what, you know, I have a job and, you know, it pays my bills, but there's something bigger. So mm-hmm. they literally left their jobs. People stopped going to work. People literally put their actual livelihood online to see some some sort of change enacted. And it takes that. Yeah. And, you know, obviously... You well, know, you got to stop capitalism. Yeah. You, you got to... You, you, yeah. You, you have to stop it all. And yeah. it's not even just like stopping it. It's also like dismantling it. It's also, um, I think, unearthing a lot of things that people don't know to be true or have never been exposed to. Yeah. You know, oftentimes uh, it's just kind of wild to see how many, like, because we're all like super fragmented yeah, um, yeah, totally. Well, that's what I was saying when I was like, we have a very similar worldview and it's not reflected in the monoculture or it's mm-hmm. not reflected in culture that much. Like, uh, you, uh, but then talking to you, it's like giving me insights into my own beliefs yeah. and, 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 uh, giving them a more rounded sense of completeness. I mean, I, I not just from meeting one person, but at least more than, more than just being one individual that's, t- that thinks about it by themselves. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's just, and what I mean by also like, like being super fragmented is like, okay, you know, it's funny because I guess this whole conversation is somewhat about like origin and like, where are you from and how did you get here? Um, with my name is that, yeah, I can only go so far back in my history, Yeah, you know, and I've done like a reclaimed trip to Africa. So I've been to Accra, I've been to Ghana, I've been to Cape Coast, I've been to a slave castle. Mm-hmm. I've gone through the door of no return. Like I've literally from an intergenerational uh trauma standpoint i've taken my body and i've placed it back to like where it's come from you know regardless of all the things that genetically it's gone through um but at the same time yeah there's so much stuff we don't know or don't consider about uh history and then history by people who are not white so yeah you could i did like a whole project on this and the reason really was mostly to for me to unearth all these things I didn't know about my community, didn't know about my culture. And it gets really wild the more you dig. And I totally suggest to everyone that they, you know, start digging into your culture, start really going, well, where did this come from? How did that happen? You know, and you start to realize, especially like with stereotypes, it gets really kind of funny, you know, and this is like an easy one, but like, there's like the stereotype of, you know, black people like love watermelon uh-huh. and like it has all these like racial connotations. Yeah, yeah. But historically, so uh, after the end of slavery, when black people were freed, they, you know, were trying to enter into capitalism. They were trying to create their own economic, uh, you know, foreground footwork or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, they were selling watermelons uh-huh. and they were doing so well. They were making such a dent in the agricultural, you know, system. White folks had to go, oh, no, we can't have this happen because they're going to take over all of the agricultural industries because they're making money, Uh right? That's how capitalism works. You make more money than someone, you can then kind of like buy them out. Uh, So then they created the stereotype that 
black people were lazy and that they love watermelon. So then people stopped buying it. And then black folks who also were trying to matriculate into America uh, distanced themselves. Cause you're distancing yourself from these stereotypes yeah, because yeah. that's what's used to, you know, cause if you eat watermelon, you're a lazy black person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was actually, it's like the fruit of freedom, Yeah, yeah. which is like really wild because if you don't know that and then like, you know, you're like some kid in history class and then, you know, there's like a slide and it's like a, like a Sambo. You don't know how to contextualize that, you uh-huh. know, because you only contextualize it as this is how white folks see me. I don't want to be seen like that because they're making fun of me. They're making me feel like another. Yeah. But if, you know, a history teacher said, well, here are both ends of this, then at least, you know, you as a black person can go, well, fuck that. That's just a lie that they made because we were doing well. Yeah. You know, we were in our bag. Like, so... Yeah, that that whole fucking thing, especially of like, they, uh, killer. And there's Mike, so many of them. Killer Mike had, has taught me a lot about, uh, like, especially his interviews with Charlemagne and, mm. um, yeah, like he was talking about with like high schools and like the yeah, high yeah. school that you go to and what it's named after and like if Frederick Douglass High School is like this bad high school, you know, it has all these like implications and yeah. people like quote unquote like don't take pride in those situations or those into institutions but again i think it's in a it's a removal and an erasure that people have to consider you know one thing that kind of inspired that project was the movie hidden figures okay i haven't seen it hidden figures is the movie about uh the three or multiple black women who were working for nasa and basically uh crunching numbers for them right? yeah, yeah yeah but it's funny that you say crunching numbers because their jobs were computers they were computers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But if you just meditate on that idea, okay. So like they were the first PCs. <laughs> yes. Right? So like they, so it is the origin or the term computer and the machine that we use now, is it not? Oh, so they, 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 they were called computers. Yes. By, okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. They were computers. And that's why they were also being replaced by IBMs, uh. right? That could do the mathematical equations faster than them, like as a machine. Um, but if you just like slow down and consider that and you go, well, does that mean that, you know, this thing that's like technology that we're constantly like, you know, being, it's imposing upon us and we're imposing upon it. And it's like, you know, supposed to give us this advanced accelerationist, whatever, like we're moving through it. Um, its origins are of black women. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then also the, a gay man, uh, Alan Turing, who was castrated, uh, chemically castrated because he was a gay person by the, and now they're putting him on money. It's mm. like, it's just like marginalized people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alton Yates is like another good example. So Alton Yates was, um, I don't know who that is. Of course yeah. not. No, he was yeah, a black yeah. guy who, uh, NASA did all of these uh, scientific experiments on. So they basically strapped him to a machine. And like we, cruel experiments? or But just people this. So they strapped him to a machine. They shot him at like 500 miles an hour because uh, they were trying to figure out if humans were fit for space travel. And because <laughs> of him and because of his body, they realized that humans were fit to transverse and go to space well a human a, a, a someone close to being human i guess they thought of it right well no it's no, no. so fucked I mean, up it's, he, it's he so was f- in the navy but okay. like even just considering that that's kind of like amazing because this black body 
prove that humans could go to space. Which is, which, if you talk about it that way, it removes all of the stigma around, again, like an experiment on someone. But it shows, again, that blackness or black people, people of color, we are at the beginning of things, or we are like the origin or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Like, we're there, like we're present, and we have had significant impacts on the end results of things that we know to be so true today. Yeah. You know, um, well, so no, yeah, but, it's but, fucked up that they did that to him. They didn't give him credit, right? Also, no, but, but but my point is that is there's a, an inherent ar- irony in there where it's like they're using him because it's safer mm-hmm. than using a, a white person. Because yeah. the, uh, uh, there's a, a dehumanizing element to it, but then they're also using him to validate right. that this more pristine human, you know, could then go do this. But but they're in that they're acknowledging that they're the same, but they're also treating them very differently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah most yeah. definitely. Yeah. And you know, the reason why again, this is kind of something that the project was so interested in is that, okay, yeah, you have all of these examples and instances where crazy fucked up shit like that happens. And then you also have these moments where, okay, so we know all this fucked up shit has happened, right? That's what's constantly told to us, you know, especially in the American education system is like, so black people only exist in slavery and then uh, civil rights, yeah. right? But then everywhere in between else, it's just like white folks like doing all this stuff. Um and yeah, there is, uh, you know, silver lining, which is like whatever. There is like a silver lining in all of these things. Because mm. again, like I was saying, black folks have been present and have been doing the work and have been doing stuff even before America was created. Um, yeah. And, and, that's, and I think that's important to talk about because, oh my gosh, like even, it's funny because we were talking about the American flag and I don't know if you... Uh, recently they were talking about like a pair of Nikes. Yeah. yeah, The Betsy Betsy Ross Ross flag. But like Betsy, Betsy Ross never even like stitched a flag, like an American flag. Like historically, that's like a lie that people are told. Like that's uh-huh. like an American myth. So the 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 concept was even faulty. Even we even we, besides being racist, she never stitched the flag. Yeah, and also there was a black girl who did actually have a hand in stitching the first American flag. Her name is Grace Wisher, mm-hmm. and you can Google her, mm-hmm. but she's never brought up. She's never talked about. Yeah. That's never part of the story, you know? And I think it's important to make it a part of the story because I think by making it a part of the story, it's going more towards what people like, uh, you know, Ilana Omar, AOC, Ayanna Plett, uh, Presley, I think that's what they're pushing is that, yes, America has this like fucked up ass uh, history, but it also has this weird. Uh, they've, we've been here. Yeah. Not even just that, but just like it has like a weird high conceptual uh, framework, right? The Declaration of Independence, Bill yeah. of Rights, all of that stuff. Like, yeah, all people are created equal, you know? Yeah, the founding fathers or whatever the hell you want to call them, they definitely didn't hold up those ideals. Yeah. But who's to say that we can't move towards that? Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the ways we can move towards that is the story that is America, it has to be, like, opened up. Yeah, and include everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and just 
keep it keep it 100 like <laughs> you know like you know who doesn't want to do that though <laughs> right powerful white people no not at all and, or poor white people or poor white people yeah. or any white people because if they did we wouldn't be in these situations right now you know because yeah. again at the end of the day it all depends on us and what the fuck we do like individually and then as a collective so yeah if a bunch of white women go we don't like trump he's bad he's like he does stuff to women mm-hmm. but then they go and vote for him yeah that's fucked up because it's and like they did that's and that's what i'm saying the, the, is that like, like uh, that's not speculative that like you know <laughs> no i'm saying that to the listeners who may be in denial <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> i know you know that but and i don't even think these people are truly in denial i think it's more so that yeah, it's like when you buy a house and say you have enough money to set it up with whatever you want, you set it up to where you're comfortable, right? Yeah. And you, you're comfortable. So if that means you got to have like five different lemonades, you have five different lemonades. Yeah. If you've got like a love seat, you've got a love seat you can sit on. Your bed's comfortable. You know, you've got blankets, AC that blows, whatever. And I think that's kind of the like how whiteness operates yeah, yeah it's made itself comfortable so why would it want to move towards anything that's not that well and and or th- how it doesn't how would it know how to well i get the sense that from uh from should just I get dreads <laughs> you know like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying, should, should i get dreads like as a white person like <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like well but i think i think that Obviously, from the conversation, neither of us really thinks that Trump is the problem, right? Like, he's just another fucking asshole that's doing asshole shit, maybe less confident, less competent at it and, and, and showing um, how tragic the entire system is by not being smooth. Uh, but I think that a lot of white people do react. Uh, I'm going to I think I'm going to call this the white people episode now. <laughs> mm. We have been talking about whiteness a lot, which I try not to center whiteness, but it's like No, but it, it's <sighs> hey, it's no more escapable than your race when you're in a room when it, with a with a white person, you know. It's yeah, sure. it's 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 it, uh you do or maybe we don't like to do it because it it makes everybody so uncomfortable and and it makes our position uncomfortable as well to be so openly talking about it, but I think that one of the things that is is fascinating to me about Trump being elected and the reaction from the center left, let's call them the neoliberal, like the people that believe in the system, in the capitalist system as it stands, the people that are in denial about slavery, the people that are okay with the fact that their phone comes from, uh, you know, resource extraction and child abuse. Um, but... Uh, the reason they are so upset and so offensive and you uh, you, you know uh, uh, so offended by trump is because it acknowledges it makes the dis- it makes that comfort uncomfortable because you can no longer pretend that shit's in the past now the, the it's or you can no longer pretend that that's just something that happens back home and you're out here in la and you're super progressive but back home in like whatever fucking state you're in like you go back there and every time you go back there you're so frustrated because everybody's racist right and then but like from our standpoint like one of the things that i 
that I thought of after going on a date recently that went terribly mm-hmm. was like, if I didn't race, date racist white women, I wouldn't date white women. Like, <laughs> there is like, the, sure, you can be on a fucking spectrum, but there are assumptions and privileges that you have as a white woman that I don't want to take away the Me Too element of it, but you, they are... To some degree, like uh, Stacey Patton, are you familiar with her? She she it's, uh, she's the only uh, no. uh, black journalist that I that I can throw at you right now. Uh, April Ryan, what's that? April Ryan? No, ahead, no, go. but this is uh, she was she, she she so she writes uh, uh, about. Uh, intersectional feminism, which is how I got to discover her writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she talks about how uh, in a white supremacist uh, capitalist society, the woman is seen, the white woman is seen as like the paragon of virtue, right? They, yes, they are oppressed because it is a patriarchal society, but they are seen as the most pristine fucking thing. And the article that I'm referring to was one that was specifically about, I don't know if you remember, but a while back, uh, a white woman accused like a four-year-old kid yeah, of sexual slapping her butt. Yes. Okay. So you do know this one. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just come on my timeline. Like, it's like, and I, and I appreciate that they do come on my timeline because, you know, it's important because we should be aware of the shit that happens yeah and we should as americans and people just around the world we should and honestly it's kind of funny because i'm about to i don't really want to say this but i guess i have to is one uh if if america positions us all in like a binary system Mm -hmm. where you either have to have a b or c that kind of forces people to choose a side yeah. or choose a position. Whereas I would hope that people more so step back and go, okay, well, what all is happening here? What are all the different factors that are creating the situation, yeah. you know? And yeah. And it's, <sighs> are you okay? Well, one of the things that got me in trouble on that date is that I told her like, you know, I can sometimes be afraid of white women. Mm-hmm. And and she took offense to that, but I found that that's actually a pretty good screening tool because I am legitimately somewhat afraid of white women because what they say about me has cultural weight that might not otherwise, like if a brown woman says it, you know, uh, might not have the same, especially like... Like, yeah. I guess I'm assuming you're also talking about like, well, I, I know I get what you're saying. Totally. Um, for me, I guess... Especially uh, if I had to like separate out white women from white men, yeah, yeah, from whiteness, um, yeah, it's just like a fucked. It's just like another fucked up situation because well, they did vote for Trump. Not even just that. I think it's also this idea. So okay, if in a white society in a white world, uh, non-white people are marginalized and are trying to advocate for their own uh, autonomy. Mm-hmm. Right. And to not be, you know, violently oppressed. There also potentially is like a tendency for white women because of their gender to understand how oppression feels. Because yes. like you were saying, there's a patriarchal society yeah. that we live in. And in general, patriarchy runs through like humans. Um, so, yeah, there's this like 
tendency to also say, you know, I'm an oppressed person too. I yeah. feel you. And, and it's and they're not wrong. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's wrong at no, all. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm backing. I'm, I'm sure. your hype man right now. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but also, there's this. There's like an ability to then uh, abs- absolve oneself. Yes. And I think that that's uh, disappointing. But that's like a trope of whiteness. Yeah. Is to be able to absolve yourself. And to be like, I'm not guilty of anything. But um, I think that that goes specifically to the super predators comment. And they, there's a reason it wasn't Bill Clinton who called them super predators. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and I think and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's that crime, it's that uh, law and order thing that even Trump runs again, runs on, right? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it also goes back to like, you can talk about, um, you know, like lynchings in the South. Yeah. You could talk about like Ida B. Wells. And one thing that people forget one thing she was talking about is that a lot of reasons why uh, black men were being lynched is because people found out that they had white lovers and people didn't want to contend with the fact that white women had desires for black men and black men have desires for white women. And that there are like that people of different races can like actually love each other. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's something that's critical that, you know, we could all meditate on because, Again, it's not necessarily that, you know, white people, black people, you know, brown people, indigenous people, all of us can't like intermix and be like a universal world. It's Mm -hmm. not that. It's never been that. It's that there's a group also that has uh, taken considerable opportunities to just like hurt people for their own gain. And I think that that's different than like... And and again, I don't know if white women have also reconciled with their uh, like helping in that. Not mm-hmm. just to say that, like you know, like well, for in, instance, the, in the in the white legacy women culture, were forty yeah. percent of the slave owners. Yeah, forty percent. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. In the in the monoculture right now, specifically, white women sixty percent. So that's a hundred percent. Like white, you know what I mean? Men, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. still a hundred percent. But like. Just because you had less power and just because you were also subjugated doesn't mean that you also didn't also do fucked up things to black people, people of color. Yeah. You know, and then even if you want to split it also again into like genders, it's like, okay, yeah. Like I've seen and experienced uh, white women who are inherently mean and rude to black women yeah. More so than black men. Yeah. Right? So there's all of these intersections and all of these like and feminists, lines. But and, and then feminists well, yeah. also use but but the white feminists also use uh black women for tokenism, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's it's all it, it, there a lot of times it's like Oh, I'm oppressed. I could never imagine. And like, it's like a throwaway line, but that doesn't necessarily really consider like the plight of the women of color. And I think that that's one of the things that's really interesting. What's happening now with Pelosi and 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 the the you know the squad, which I think is even a problematic thing to just single them out as a squad. And the fact that the word is squad is yeah, I mean, <laughs> is they, a little ethnic. They ide- but see, they, <laughs> they also they, identified themselves as okay. that, which I appreciate. You know, but they, and and I but I appreciate the social justice this warrior element that they're adding to it because I, I, I think a lot of like the commentators on the left like it, people like Kyle Kalinske and and Chen Kuger or, or I don't know I haven't heard Chen Kuger say it but um 
just saying that like they don't like that 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 they're making it about race but i'm like no that when they made it about race i was like fucking thank god because this the optics of this are bad i also heard uh cornell west uh say that like he's from sacramento he's from sacramento he went to my high school kennedy high school shout out to jfk what's up (laughs) great i love him yeah and i saw him uh talking about uh how a lot of the black leaders within Congress are neoliberals specifically because that is what thrived. That is how you gained opportunity. Like you couldn't be a black socialist. You, yeah, you know, you, we, we've seen like you, there are literally, okay, historically, there's just things you can't say about whiteness or yeah. you will lose your life. Yes. Right. So like MLK is a really interesting example of that, right? You know, mm-hmm. people historically now are making the argument that it wasn't that he was talking about civil rights that got him assassinated. It wasn't that he was talking about, you know, black people being able to be a part of the American uh, cosmopolitan. It was that he was talking about economics and black people maintaining economics within their own community. Yeah. And then he was assassinated. No. Um, same thing with like Fred Hampton because Fred Hampton yeah, that was a fucked up one too yeah but he's but a thing one thing that again people miss is that he was trying to unify multiple marginalized communities like he was working rainbow with, coalition style stuff mm, yeah yeah he was working with like uh there's like a non I don't know bad term like rednecks whatever <laughs> like he was working with like low-class white folks yeah, yeah. um which i'm all for but and that was yeah. like a problem for like yeah. like you said the one percent and you know that's all where that class element comes in yeah, that's what terrifies them yeah most yeah. definitely um which is like you can be a successful black congressman if you are uh, if you just don't it, talk it, about race, and if and and if you escalate, and if you go into the other classes, and how do you get into those other classes by f- playing the capitalist game, right? Yeah, like sure. you you raise your class to the point where, uh, you know, uh, and you, how do you do that in politics? Like, I mean, it's a fucking problem that Nancy Pelosi is the sixth wealthiest member of Congress, and she wasn't rich when she started, right? Like that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, politics is tied to money, yeah. right? It dictates how people can spend, use, and work the monetary system in our country yeah it's kind of pretty much it like it's the rules of the game and we get to establish the rules and this is how you can play it and this is how you can enter into it and yeah there's a democratic democracy uh like aspect to it but at the same time it's all about cash you know um and who has access to it and who can wield it to then you know get people to support you and motivate and be motivated by you um yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of interesting, like, being a black person and then trying to matriculate into really any industry. Because mm-hmm. I think regardless, you know, it's like Jay-Z said, the higher you go, the less black people you see. Yeah. You know, and I think that's with, like, all industries is even if you are the best, I don't know, like, chef in New York and you're the best restaurant, you may have to, you know, work at, you know, I don't know, some white guy's restaurant. yeah. yeah. And that's the top restaurant in the world or in um, New York or whatever. And, you know, it's just like something that, yeah, I guess you could say that black people, indigenous people, people of color, and I keep separating them because there's there's anti-blackness inherent in a lot of intersectional spaces. Yeah. But, um, 
also, I definitely think that, yeah, people should, you know, always try to work within their communities, try to work across cultures. But it's also just a thing of, you know, I guess you could look to the left and to the right of yourself and then who's there. And then mm-hmm. how can you kind of like pull each other together? Because yeah, you, you're only going to enter into, cause if America is a capitalistic white supremacist, imperialist, you know, nation as bell hooks would put it. And that's how it moves and functions. When you try to enter into those industries, you're entering into whiteness. Yeah. You're entering, you're well, actually born into it. And that, and that's why one of the things that I'm most fascinated by is breaking the, it, or is, is talking more and more about class. Cause I do think that I, um, I, I mean, I, I don't really know, uh, enough about, uh, uh, the history of slavery. I know that, but I know that there's like some texts that you can read to really get a sense of like, for example, the, the, uh, how to make a slave, the Willie Lynch book. Yeah. And uh, do you, are you familiar at all? Yeah. With that? I read it as a kid. Okay. <laughs> which no, is but like, that's, yeah, which but is like mind blowing. That's, but that, but that is good that you did, but it's also fucking horrible that you had to. And, 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 uh, but yeah, like, I'm sure that that's, but what, what I'm, what I think, what I understand of the book and, and, and I'd love, love to hear more thoughts on it, but the reason I bring it up, um, is, is that there is something very much the, or one of the things that I understand about it is how they kept uh, lighter skin people separate from mm-hmm. darker skin people, uh, and 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 sort of created artificial classes. And I think that the race element sort of is a way of 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 subdividing a group of people that like I don't have a problem with working with racists if it's going to make my life better. Like I don't, I have a problem with working with powerful racists. But if I'm like fucking, you know, like like and racists not like murderous racist but racism in the t- in the, in the context that we're talking about like things where like you wh- where you just have to be like fuck it all right whatever this person's ignorant but we're trying to accomplish this goal i'm not going to be their best friend and we're not going to hang out but I, I and i'm not talking about working with segregationists i'm talking about at so a boring. class at, at a class level like if i want health care for all of us right which will benefit people of color I have to work with racists and tell and, and sell them on the idea of Medicare for all, as opposed to voting for the legacy uh, uh, candidates. Sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. Like, because that's kind of, I guess you could say where we're at. I think for me, I'm honestly moving away from that whole thing in general, working with anyone who's anti-black um, because. Okay. Cause I respect on, that. Because yeah. honestly, it's like, why am I? Why am I putting my body and my mind and my soul in conflict every day? Like, what do you mean by anti-black, though? Anti-black. So, like, and, and anti-blackness is in all cultures because anti-blackness yeah, yeah. is like absolutely there's racism towards well, black like, people in Cuban culture. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. yeah, really, just people who are of darker pigment. Yeah, right. So the darker you. Well, get, that's what Venezuela's situation is about. Mm-hmm. You know, the darker you get, the more people dislike you or yeah. you're seen as something that's not desirable. Um, and yeah, I really have decided, like, why should I try to work with, even if you are a person of color, right? Mm-hmm. You're not white. Um, you can still ex- exude and exhibit anti-blackness all the time. It happens. We see it, right? Um, and yeah, I don't think that black people should be putting themselves in that space anymore okay because because it's like why like what's the gain because okay for instance 
Oprah is like a really interesting example because I don't know if folks remember when she was in Europe and she was trying to buy like a Tom Ford bag. And then the lady who was working at uh, the Tom Ford store was like, you can't afford that bag. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really good one. And then, yeah, like Tom Ford, like apologized to Oprah, like publicly and all this other stuff. But if you think about that situation, it's like, OK, Oprah's like a gazillionaire. Like she's got all yeah. the financial power she needs to do anything she wants. Yeah. Right. If she wants a lifetime supply of mint chip ice cream, it'll happen. Yeah. You know, the money isn't the issue. And even still. She's still subjugated and, you know, has violence inflicted upon her because she's been raced and identified as black. Yeah. Right. So regardless of however high you climb, it don't really matter. Yeah. yeah. You know, so and even it, even on the low plane, even if you're not rich, it doesn't matter. No, that's fair. I, I, you know, I make $20 an hour and, you know, my boss or, you know, my other associates will let me know you're black, you know, yeah. in some way period yeah. and that's just again a function of whiteness yeah and uh, so i don't know if it really matters no i get what you're saying and i think that i think that that might come from a different cultural perspective um specifically because going back to martin luther king and what you were saying about him uh wanting to keep like the, I, I one of the things that i've also learned from killer mike who uh, who's like a fucking great resource, but he in in, in that one interview he fucking t- taught me so much. Yeah. But the 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 idea of the do- the black dollar staying in the black community. Yeah. Yeah, and or in the black economy, uh, mm-hmm. whereas now it doesn't happen and used to happen. And uh, I remember, I mean, I watched like. Uh, Malcolm X when I when it came out and mm-hmm. I was like a fucking kid in Miami I had no idea what it was uh, what like I mean I understood what it was about but the idea of separate but equal is an interesting thing that kind of got crushed um but it's sort of after hearing Killer Mike talk about that economic element uh which is what people would you say we've got Malcolm X assassinated uh it, that well, first of all, that's about capitalism. Um, but that helped me really understand what Malcolm X's point, like, because when you're a kid, what separate but equal, what that that segregation that that feels weird, that feels. But I understand now, um, and maybe you can give me even more understanding of why that sentiment is is uh, is is important. Because for for my state, like, or for from my, uh, my you know. I don't really resonate with Cuban culture. I feel more akin to like Mexicans and 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 people that uh, aren't focused entirely on money and don't like uh, aren't aren't credit rich, you know, which is a a, a thing in Miami. Mm. Whereas, uh, and so I think that my idea of working and it comes from a very different perspective where I appreciate your perspective, which actually helps me feel like maybe I don't need to work with <laughs> not to you be really don't. but and, no, that's and it's good... not, and sorry not to cut you off, but no, it's no, just yeah, like you, you, you know, my father is a really uh, interesting guy, cool guy. Um, but he read to my sisters and I, the Sneetches by Dr. Seuss, the Sneetches. Okay. I keep bringing it up and I feel like everybody's like, Everybody, you can literally watch it on YouTube, just Sneetches, Dr. Seuss. But 
it's like his take on racism, right? So they're like these birds that live on a, like an island. Uh-huh. And some of them have stars on their bellies and then some of them don't. And then the sneeches with stars on their bellies decided that they didn't want... And they have barbecues, right? Uh-huh. So they cook like hot dogs on the beach and they have parties. And they decided that they didn't want anyone who didn't have a star on their belly not to come to the party. So they kicked all the uh, sneeches that didn't have stars like onto the other side. So then eventually, you know, at first the non-star bellied sneeches were like sad, but then they were like, fuck it. We'll just have our own party. Yeah. Right. So then, um, then obviously this like man, and it is about capitalism, but this man comes into town and then he tells some of the sneeches, I can put a star on your belly for $10. Uh And then the story gets into like chaos with people like taking their stars on, then taking their stars off. (laughs) And like, you know, people are trying to enter into these spaces where they were once, you know, left out of them. Uh, but the beginning part of it is so interesting because again, they just had their own party. Yeah. Right. And I think for me as a black person, my sister says this all the time is that regardless of what's like happening outside as a black person, you can always, uh, slip, slip back into blackness and black culture because it functions outside of, you know, white supremacist society Mm because it has to. So like, you know, the occupier of the White House can say whatever the fuck they want. I can still, you know, go over here and like enjoy my people. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the things, the practices and the cultures and stuff that we have, they will live on and transcend any sort of like democratic thing that's happening. And I think that's with all people of color, which I really don't even like that term, and no, indigenous it's, people, yeah. and in general, is that like, yeah, you personally, I don't think anyone should have to be in a space where they, feel uncomfortable i think that's a joke because no white person has to do that no white person has to like go do you have fucking turned me around so hard right now yeah (laughs) like (laughs) no one has to go to harlem and then like hey i want to work for this like piano shop like no and like you were saying earlier about like yeah there was a moment in time where black people had their own communities and neighborhoods yes tulsa oklahoma was a historically black community And, you know, it was affluent. You know, the statistic is always they had like over 600, you know, different professions, doctors, lawyers, all that stuff. But what happened, again, is that they were doing their own thing. They were rising up in capitalism. And then their white neighbors came and destroyed that neighborhood. Yeah. No, I. Right. That's well documented. So it's just so it's so again, it's not like. Black people, indigenous people, people of color haven't had their own communities, practices, cultures, ways of making money, ways of doing things. It's just that like when we do stuff, it's it almost is like simple, like white people just get upset and they don't know how to uh, rationalize their anger and then they go and hurt people. Yeah. For like playing music. And it, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, like, and just even appropriate. Oh yeah, that fucking the kid that got stabbed for rap music. Yeah, yeah. but just in general, like, and I'm saying it like as a joke, but it's like, like you said, you can point to a real world example. But <laughs> oh, you weren't even thinking about that. No, I was making a joke <laughs> okay, because okay. it's like, uh, yeah, why is it? Because I'm never mad at like Asian people, or if I can even get more specific, I've never been mad at a Chinese person for celebrating Chinese New Year. Yeah. Why would I be upset about that? Why would that bother me? Why would you be upset if I'm celebrating Black History Month or Juneteenth? Yeah. Why does that bother you? Why does Which that make you Which I didn't even know about until this year. I didn't know what Juneteenth was. How long have you known about it? I've known about it for a few years. Okay. I mean, it, and it's just like, 
it's just something that's been in black culture. Yeah. You know, maybe it hasn't been, uh, commercialized and popularized, but it's always, you know, it's, it's always been there. Um, but yeah, why, again, white folks, people who uphold whiteness, ask yourselves, why do these things make you mad? And attack that root cause. I was listening to Deepak Chopra and he was talking about, uh, you know, one way you can, I, I guess, like ascend and get to a, like a higher level of thinking is mm. to not immediately conceptualize something, not to put it in a conceptual framework. Okay. Um, so like when you encounter something, like if I encountered you, I'm not going to go, okay, so he's got this, he looks like that, his skin color's like that, his nose yeah. is like this, his eyes are like that, and that means all these things. Instead, I am just supposed to meet you at who you are and yeah. allow you to exist. You know, I'm not trying to box you in. And I think that, yeah, again, ask yourselves, why am I so ready? In an, and, you know, maybe it's like a safety thing, right? Fight or flight. But, you know... If I look around right now, there isn't like conflict happening immediately in this space. Yeah. So I'm not afraid. I don't need to run. I don't yeah. need to be afraid of you. Yeah. But again, ask yourselves, why, why, why does that upset me? Why does that make me mad? Why does that frustrate me? Yeah. Or why does it frustrate me when, again, this is if I'm speaking as a white person or just a, a racist person, really, truly, or anti-black is really probably the best term, is... Yeah, if I am also told that I do something or I've done something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, why is my first reaction or immediate reaction to like resist that? Yeah, you know, no, and that is always the fucking. <laughs> we you it. Uh, I think race and we were almost done, or no we worries. could just wrap it up because we've been talking for two hours. I don't know if you caught on. To yeah, <laughs> no, I've just been time. letting it go. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is great. Uh, yeah. Um, you know what? I completely forgot what I was gonna say. That's fine though. Uh, I, or th- there's a defensiveness because um, I think that people have to construct their identity within the confines of whiteness, and they don't want to. I, that's why I think everybody's so pissed off that Trump got elected. It represents something close to home. You can go home and enjoy your black culture, right? They go home and it's Trump. <laughs> and so for them, it's really fucking pissing them up because it is all that white privilege. It is all of that shit coming to the surface for them, where in a conversation, like I said, it, the white people love to talk about race and le- when they're the ones that bring it up. But if you tell them like, yo, this thing was not okay, uh, you are threatening their self-perception. You're threatening their sense of who I am. Uh, and, and like, I've had people tell me like, I'm a good person. And I'm like, you can be racist and still have like a generally like good outlook towards people uh you know like um and not that you can be a good person and be a racist but you can have blind spots is what i'm saying right and if you're a good person you will address them if you're not you're 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 going to get defensive about them and be like no fuck you that guy's an asshole i can't believe he called me a racist i'm not gonna fuck up fucking hang out with that guy anymore Mm -hmm. and it's like no i'm telling you about my feelings being hurt dude yeah why is it so (laughs) extreme and you know it what you were saying kind of made me think about something is like okay something as like a having two black parents and being raised as a black man, you know, there are just like things that I was taught, like how to treat people, how to uh, approach situations, how to, you know, just be cordial. 
or just in general, like how to operate within our society, things that you can do or can't do or like, and I'm not saying like, it's like, I'm trying to even think of like a poor example and I can't, but more so just like, yeah, you're raised to do certain things mm-hmm. and to be, and to be and act like a certain person, right. Yeah. To hold yourself at a certain regard. And, you know, you can always, and it's funny that you say this thing about like, you know, they have Trump, but like, that's on them. Oh, you no, know what no, no, I mean? No. Like, I'm not giving them sympathy. I'm explaining where their fucking rage comes from. But yeah. my thing is like, okay, but, and that's what I was saying about being raised a certain way is that like in the black community, if something is, if you're doing something wrong, some older person's probably going to call you out for it. Yeah. Right. Some older person's going to be like, you can't do that. That's, that's not right. Yeah. Right. And they're going to like shame you or whatever. Um, and that helps you as a person grow. Right. That's like that whole idea of like, it takes a village to raise a child because everybody's kind of giving you like, they're like shaping and molding you. Right. So it's like when you go to the barbershop, you know, you're mostly around men and those men are going to give you some sort of insight or understanding on how you should act. Like if you're, if you identify as a man and you're, you know, entering into and going through society that way, um, or just anything, um, period. And I just wonder if, you know, in some other world that I'm not really in, um, and I just did like binocular eyes for people, but, uh, I wonder if that same thing happens in white spaces, in white families, in white communities. Is it just like, you know, you are like going around, doing whatever you want, and then people don't really, I don't know, say stuff to you? Like, I wonder how many parents sit down and have like a conversation about race with their kids. Yeah. Not to be like, you are this, and this is what that means, but more so to say like, there's this idea that's in our reality that like people who look different than you based off of skin color and other human features. Um, and then this, this and that happens. Like, I wonder how many white parents are having real conversations and are saying like, this stuff is wrong. Right. The stuff that, and maybe they don't want to say it because it's like their their brother or their uncle, but it's like fuck. Like that's I think that's what everybody has to do, right? You have to interrogate your own immediate situations. Like I had an uncle in my family, and he's like a horrible guy. He's no longer <laughs> living. No, I'm serious. Like no, he, had, I get it. he had like mental illness and all this other stuff, but he was like a terror on my family. Yeah, like he literally terrorized my family. You know, and. You all, I think you also have to go, okay, well, I'm sure at some point people in my family were like, look, you, you can't hang out anymore. You can't come over here. You know, you have to like push the bad shit out of your life. And I hope and wish that maybe now sooner or whatever, like white folks are doing that. Like all of your racist friends, homies, uncles, you just can't be cool with them. I've had to unfollow people. Like there was this, uh, girl that I did like an art show with. And then later on I saw her with like a MAGA hat on. Mm-hmm. And at that moment I had to go, okay, so I, I know this person yeah, air quotes. Yeah. I know this person. Um, but I don't yeah. And now they're also in line with something that is, uh, endangering my life. So I think you're empowering me to fucking make some decisions. <laughs> I, should, tol- I don't no, think you I should tol- be cool with anyone that's like I'm not fucked cool up like with that. them, but uh, you, no, you know what? I it's not that I'm not, it's 
I have a group of sorry, I feel like I cut you off. No, have, no worries. I have a group of friends that uh, that the experience makes me uncomfortable of being around them, not because they mean to, but because they have just uh, it's a dis, di, just it's not a spoken thing. They're not they're not actively being aggressively uh, aggressive towards race, but it just it makes me feel a lot like uh, the Dave Chappelle sketch where, with the real world, uh, where where he's yeah. like they always have a black person freaking out on the real world is like because you put him in a fucking room with nothing but white people. Yeah, and so that's my experience and and. You know, there he. I'm just realizing my programming, which happens a lot on the show. I've discovered some things about my Catholic programming where mm. I'm like, I can't throw away crucifixes. But for some reason, I felt, I feel, or until talking to you, I felt a need to maintain those relationships. And and now after talking to you, I'm sort of feeling like, you know, why am I putting effort into going, having access to a space that makes me uncomfortable? And it's mostly professional and and and. Uh, one of the things I like about doing this show, I was telling um, uh, Kellen last night or yesterday when I was talking to him, is that uh, it, it it's sort of difficult to just like randomly, especially in the art scene, to randomly be like, hey, uh, you're a person of color. Let's talk and then like build a relationship off of it. But after doing the show, like I have like followed up with people that I'm like fuck dude like i need like some level of like my space where where i'm not where it doesn't feel like you know what it feels like it's that scene in get out where it's the Mm -hmm. scene that i referenced earlier when i was uh, like i voted for obama three times yeah you know which is something that i think if if i meet people like uh michelle chong is a great example i Mm -hmm. went to her birthday party and it wasn't all people of color but it was screened white people Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like they were her close friends yeah and and because she doesn't she's like you she doesn't take that shit she has white friends but they're not they there was not a condescending moment which is i think the thing that i'm trying to escape and you know there might be some romance to like I'm not saying it's all, like, me not thinking I'm good enough. Uh, there might be some hope that, like, oh, maybe these people will change kind of thing in the back of my mind. And by talking to them, I can change them. But you're right. That shit isn't my fucking responsibility. Yeah. And honestly, it has, like, a real toll on your body. No, it does. Yeah. Like, and I think that folks don't really understand that. And it goes back to that idea that I was saying about my friend who was tired of screaming into the void about the death of black trans women is that like you're screaming about these things because they matter to you and because they actually have a physical impact on you. And you're screaming not because uh, you're just screaming to scream because you really want people to hear you, you want people to listen, you want people to engage you. And yeah, it's a void, which means, you know, you're not heard, which is fucked up. And, you know... Again, it's funny that you said that whole thing about being like the one black person in like an art room or like yeah. two two people. I wish when those situations, when I'm in those situations and I try sometimes to like, you know, circumvent that. And yeah, I wish I would just talk to those black people. Yeah. You know, I sometimes there's like um, resistance, whatever. But um I wish it I wish it would. I wish yeah. I wish I could just post up in the corner with this one or two people and we just talk our shit. Yeah. Because I think two things happen. I think one thing is that when white folks get wind of black people, indigenous people, people of color, 
uh, doing something that sounds interesting, they're going to come into that situation yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like they're going to find a way, whether it's a door or window, they're going to enter into that space. Right. Yeah. Cause it's something they, they want to occupy. Uh, and so that's going to happen regardless. Right. Then at the same time, yeah, you're always going to be marginalized. You're always going to be pushed out. Even if you are uh, a token and, you know, white people have accepted you and you can hit all the cultural cues and, you know, yeah. you can do all of the uh, things that they have checked off on their list. But eventually you're going to hit a wall and then you're not like, you know. And uh, I hit that wall with, the, with that. Group. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so uh, I had like a studio visit when I was in grad school with Ulysses Jenkins, and if you don't know anything about video, you should look into Ulysses Jenkins. Um, But um, he told me, he gave me this advice. He was like, regardless of what you do, what you make, you'll always be too black. Yeah. So decide for yourself how black you want to be. And that's Mm -hmm. a very uh, empowering thing to say to someone because I think what it does is it addresses that like feeling that you have of, well, maybe this will change their minds or maybe if I do this, you know, the outcome will be better or maybe the more news they watch, they'll understand and whatever. Um, Probably not that one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, whatever. But like, um, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because as soon as you've entered the room, you've been conceptualized. Yeah. So, um, yeah, fuck it. Like I totally champion and recommend black people, people of color, indigenous people enter into your own spaces, create your own spaces. Even if it's two people, like say for instance, you know, you are marginalized within your own community as like, I don't know, like a comic book nerd, which is like a trope or whatever. Right. Yeah. Which I am. Yeah. But like, fuck it. Like start a black comic book club yeah and you'll see how many people will come and gravitate towards you because and i like comic books too okay. by the way but like um, <laughs> yeah you made some references yeah, yeah but we'll like, talk about something less <laughs> shocking next time yeah, we yeah, hang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you should i think you should create those spaces not only for yourself because it's the only way you'll gain any sort of peace yeah because otherwise your 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 whole thing is you're constantly trying to convince people of something you're uh not yeah. and also you're trying to uh Get them to accept something that they don't. Yeah. And this is something I should, I wish this would have happened at the beginning, but I'll say it now, is that, you know, honestly, I often kind of think of whiteness as like a costume Mm -hmm. that has been put on. And this is the example that I also tried to give during, you know, explaining uh, like the thing about black, white culture and power is that one way you can imagine whiteness is like Halloween, Mm-hmm. So Halloween happens on October 31st, right? Yeah. So say, for instance, you pull up to like a Halloween party and you're dressed as a lion mm-hmm. and you talk like a lion. So you're roaring and, you know, you've got your mane and your tail and you're like, ah, I'm Javier, I'm a lion, blah, blah, blah. Right. So everybody is eventually going to start treating you like a lion because yeah. it's like a thing that we play into when we, you know, wear costumes as people. But then so peep if the next day you came November 1st. And you still had on your lion costume. Mm. People are going to be like, Javier, (laughs) you know, uh, Halloween was yesterday. What are you doing? And if you continue to embody that lion thing, you know, people kind of go, okay, fuck it. This guy, he's like a lion, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like he's going to, this is, this is who he's decided he's going to be. So then you're kind of given the opportunity to like be that. And I think that whiteness is often kind of that way is that, so you've put on this costume, which 
you know, they do. Anyways, so you put on this <laughs> costume and you go out and you embody this idea. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, probably all people do it in general. Like it's one way that we kind of protect ourselves from being like alienated. Mm. Um, Cause I think people seek community, but I think what has happened is that it's like a double hood winking. So you have one, one hood on that, mm-hmm. like you cannot see the world. Right. So you have no idea of what's happening. And then there's a second one that you put on that now gives you, this is what the world is. Yeah. So like, yeah, for I think for maybe white people to get to the point where they really understand, you know, some of the things we're talking about is like you've got to first remove the hood that is like whiteness and white privilege. Boom. Then the second one is this removal of this hood of like naivete and like you're in the dark about all these things. Yeah. And then once you remove both hoods, welcome. You know, yeah. now you kind of understand maybe some of the ways in which this shit happens. You know, like why people feel so strongly about the stuff that happens to them, you know, double hoodwinked. Um, well, yeah, well, cool, man. Uh, you, like, I feel <laughs> you, you, you at the beginning, you, you said you didn't have a topic, but you did teach me something. And you'd left me feeling uh, differently about how uh, about certain social circles that I, you know, and I also feel more confident about telling some people to fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had someone come on the show and pull some shit and I was like, bro, if you weren't a white person, you wouldn't be trying to do this. Like yeah. you, you, you're, you're just trying to gaslight me right now. You're trying to say I didn't, t- you know, you're, you're, you're lying to me about the situation and like gaslighting me about what happened and I'm not going to let you do that. And not only am I not going to let you do that, I'm just not going to fucking work with you because you're telling me about all the people, you know, and that shit is a problem, but the, all, all the people, you know, are white. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that. So it was like, it was a muscle. It was like a flex that was like, I know a lot of people. And I was like, ah, that community is probably not going to serve me anyway. You know? Yeah. Slip into darkness, like yeah. slip into what you are because at the end of the day, that's never going to leave you. Yeah. Right. That is who you have been created to be. You yeah. know, God has made you this person. So boom, Yeah, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with being white. It's just like, don't be evil. You know, like, <laughs> like that's, that's the lesson for today. If you're yeah. white, cool. Just don't be fucking evil. Oh, and by the way, that's not a stereotype that people of color created. <laughs> no, <laughs> the white I mean, people being evil. You, you guys invented that shit by being evil. You know, <laughs> R. Kelly's problem is not that he was a pedophile from le- from a legal standpoint. Like, I mean, obviously it's deplorable, but his problem is not that he was a pedophile within our system. His problem is that he didn't hang out with Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and those people. If he hung out with those people, he would have been harder to take down because there would have been embarrassment to the circle that he kept. And that mm. is... You know, again, I'm not pro uh, child molestation, but these are two separate instances. We got Jeffrey Epstein finally busted, but like, and yeah, like maybe, maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. Maybe? And dude, he thing. was fucking girls while he was in prison. Tell me, R. Kelly's gonna have that privilege? No, you know. So there, right there, there is like 
uh, there is an, a class element and and all these. We could keep going, man. We could. Uh, um, but if we've already gone to two hours We're and a like half. Way peak. Uh, but I do want to have you back, and I actually do want to just get a beer with you and talk about comic books because I feel yeah, like yeah. we we started off with like just the fucking heaviest stuff. But like, uh, but yeah, uh, I I do uh, I do feel like you gave me something that I can take. Uh, through my struggles with uh, the art scene because it is it, it's funny because like uh, I didn't even have to bring it up like the way that I was going to tactfully bring it up is being like what do you think about the white art scene <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I mean <laughs> you, you know but uh, but yeah I uh, I really cut appreciate the shit. cut through the shit no absolutely uh, but I also you know like I also don't want to contextualize you without especially in a situation where no one's seeing you I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk right. about, to, to, you know, like, cause it might, if it had never come up that you were black, I would have been cool with that too. It, it would yeah. have been weird, but, uh, yeah. I kind of wonder, and then I'll, I'll stop talking, but I kind of wonder what would happen if you, a person of color or whatever you want to identify as went up to another person and said, Hey, we're in a room full of all white people and I feel comfortable talking to you. I wonder if that, conversation would transition into something completely different or if it would be considered hostile and racist because that could also be you know like maybe it it could i I don't know i might try it and see if i get punched and that's what i'm saying is like and i'm not saying i i I guess i am saying it because i just wonder because i like you were saying and i've been as you after you said that situation i've been thinking about it being one of the few black people in the room and then trying to interact with those other black folks and then, you know, having whatever results I have. Um, yeah, I guess what that really means, because, yeah, it's it's just like a really interesting situation because you're like an anomaly, but you're not. But then you're in a space where you're not necessarily accepted, but you might be championed. But there's also a level of presumption with approaching someone like that, you mm-hmm. know, like, like, so, so it might not be racially insensitive. <laughs> yeah. It might not be racially insensitive, but it might be presumptuous and rude. Right. Like, it, but, it, but, but, it, but it, 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 I mean, I wouldn't take it that way. I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I I'm ready to talk to you, but maybe that's, maybe that's like what's under the surface of every person of color you see in a gallery. <laughs> cause you know, I, cause I do it all the time. Right. And it's part of my culture. Like when I see other black people, I look at them yeah. and I say, what's up to them. And I identify them. Um, and they identify me back, which is yeah. like a form of solidarity. Uh, and Sometimes it doesn't happen. And sometimes, yeah, I just wonder. Mixed company is such a funny situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Anything you'd like to plug? You're uh, uh, Lorenzo Baker on... Inst- yes. Oh, no, you're Zobro. Yes. So if you're looking for me on social media, I'm mostly on Instagram. So it's Z-O underscore B-R-O-O. Two O's. So brew? Bro. It's bro, but like bro. 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 Yeah. I'm Cuban, so bro is a very, not bra, bro. Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. Definitely shout out to all the LA uh, black POC artists and creators. It's a struggle, but also it's pretty poetic and we're doing a lot of amazing things. Uh, Yeah. uh, Keep hope alive and, um, you know, no justice, no peace and no ice. No ice. I just want to say that also. No ice. Abolish ice. I'm period. With that. Yeah. In your whole life, like what you drink. 
<laughs> really for real? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Uh, like ice is like the an- antithesis or whatever of like capitalism. So it takes a shit ton of energy to make ice yeah. and it takes a shit ton of power. And you, and when you go to other countries, so like I've been to Europe, I've been to Asia, I've been to, you know, countries in Africa, um, your drinks don't often come with ice because mm-hmm. it takes too much power to keep it sustained as physical ice. I'm glad I didn't offer you ice cubes. Today. Yeah. So ice is all around us. Um, and you can take that as a metaphor for the secret police in America. Cool, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Um, Thank you. <laughs> What's My Thesis is produced by Javier Proenza, who is talking in the third person. Reach out at whatsmythesis at gmail.com and follow us on all social media at What's My Thesis. Don't forget to review and subscribe. And if you donate to our Patreon, this is where I'll give you a shout out and make up what kind of art you make based entirely on your name and nothing else.